In today's episode, we are going to explore the complex and controversial issue of interfaith marriages. And in this episode, we are going to focus mainly on Muslim and non-Muslim marriages. We will discuss the different arguments on both sides of the issue. We will also look at the case of Tunisia, which became the first North African country which is predominantly Muslim uh, to allow Muslim women to get married to non-Muslim men. Whether you are a Muslim considering marrying someone from a different faith or you are simply interested in learning more about this issue, today's episode is for you. So join me as we explore the complexities of marriage between a Muslim and a non-Muslim. Hello, welcome to today's episode. My name is Ambundo Kennedy and thank you for stopping by. And it's been quite a while since we last chatted. And I hope you are also doing fine. I am also doing fine here in Nairobi. And let's get into today's episode our main topic which is about interfaith marriages so over the years we have seen a religion trying to be stringent on the on this issue regarding interfaith marriages you find that uh, a christian is not allowed to marry uh, from another certain religion also in islam you find that it's the same some some are uh, some of these laws also apply in Islam and many other religions. So today I'm going to focus on uh, can a Muslim uh, marry an non-Muslim, especially a Muslim girl or a woman? Can she get married to a non-Muslim? And we are going to hear from one of uh, the Islam scholars or the Muslim scholars. Uh, I'm going to find two of them uh, where they talk about this issue. And the first person is Zarik Khan, whom many people, if you've been on YouTube and you can happened to have seen his name on YouTube, uh, Zarik Khan, Zarik Naik, no, sorry, not Zarik Khan, but Zarik Naik. And let's take a listen to what uh, Dr. Zarik Naik uh, has to say about this matter. Name is Anand. By profession, I'm an interior designer. I want to ask, can a Muslim girl marry a non-Muslim boy. Because I asked the question that can a Muslim girl marry a non-Muslim boy? As I said that a Muslim boy cannot marry a non-Muslim girl until she believes the same verse I quoted Surah Bakra chapter 2 verse number 221 says do not marry a non-believing woman until she believes. 
a believing woman who is a bond woman is far superior to a non-believing woman even if she allows you. The same verse continues. Do not marry a non-believing man, a mushrik man, until he believes. A believing man, even if he's a slave man, a bondsman, is far superior to a mushrik man, an unbelieving man, even if he allows you. He may be the most handsome man in the world, he may be the wealthiest man in the world, but the believing man is far superior than an unbelieving man. So even the vice versa is the same, that a Muslim woman cannot marry a non-Muslim man until he believes. Once he accepts Islam, then very well she can marry him. The same example of a car, that all the four tires should be same, one of a bicycle and the other of a truck, it will not work. Because the life partners, if you really love your wife, you'd want her to go to Jannah. If the Muslim woman loves the husband, she would want the husband to go to Jannah. This life is temporary. So imagine you marry someone and you know that spouse is going to go to hell. So what's the use? So first you get confirmation that he becomes a Muslim. He agrees there's one God and the final message is for Muhammad Then there are chances that both will have the best of this world and the year after. Hope that answers the question. As you've heard clearly, Dr. Zarik Naik explains to this Indian boy or Indian man uh, that uh, a Muslim girl cannot or is not permitted uh, by the uh, Muslim laws to marry a non-Muslim man uh, because they believe that if she does so, she is going also to be led as astray or to hell. And yeah, that's how uh, uh, Dr. Zarik Naik uh, sees it and interprets the Quran as it is. However, I also want us to listen to another Muslim, uh, uh, I think he's a Muslim scholar. His name is Abul, Abdul Rahman Hassan, who also happens to uh, talk about this. And I also want us to listen keenly to what he has to say on this topic. A woman who's a believer, she's going to a disbelieving man. This is not a marriage. This is fornication. This is zina. This is adultery. It's haram. Ibn Qudama transmitted a consensus. Ibn Abdul Bar Rahimullah transmitted a consensus. Imam al-Shawkani transmitted a consensus. Ibn al-Mundir transmitted a consensus. There are no difference of opinion in this issue. So you can hear clearly also Abdul Rahman Hassan also saying that uh, it's not allowed according to Quran for a Muslim girl to get married to a an Muslim man because he, according to Abdul Rahman, he says this is uh, adultery and also it's fornication. I don't know where he got that one from because Actually, it's not even in the Quran where it says that uh, and, uh, uh, that that marriage is uh, uh, adultery. Because if it were adultery or committing fornication, why then does the Quran also uh, says that a, a Muslim man can marry an unmuslim man? 
an un, sorry an unmuslim woman as long as uh, the muslim woman converts but uh, in the first in instance this Mus this non muslim uh, woman uh, it, it, it happens that uh, maybe she was well uh, brought up and then now abdul rahman uh, says that uh, such a, such type of marriage is considered uh, adulterous and fornication i don't know what your opinion is you can also participate in this conversation uh, by sending your voice message or also i'll i'll share the question on the poll where you can you can vote also you can comment there so also let's take a look or a listen to other types of uh, other other muslim let's take a look uh, listen to other muslim uh, scholars who have different opinion uh, from dr zarik naik and abdul rahman hassan uh, these are just samples i sampled out several of these individuals for the purpose of this episode so that uh, we can take a listen to the different perspective on this issue so let's listen in to this muslim scholar with a different opinion concerning interfaith marriage and how he views it his name is dr shabir ali hmm. um, it's a complicated question we cannot give uh, a quick answer to we, we have to start with the classical distinction in islamic law uh, between the people of the book and and other non-muslims uh, with the people of the book uh, it was said that men can marry the women of the people of the book muslim a muslim man can therefore marry a jewess or a christian lady uh, or some other person of the book um, but they didn't give the same permission um, for a woman to marry a, a man of the people of the book and that probably was due to the circumstances at the time where men were generally in control and it was not thought feasible that uh, a, a woman might be able to marry outside of the religion and still retain her rights to practice her own religion and uh, to bring her children up uh, according to her own uh, religious precepts so things have changed now and uh, in in general it, it does not seem to me uh, that we need to retain the same prohibition from a legalistic point of view although of course there are practical problems arising from mixed marriages uh, when when muslims desire to bring their children up uh, in, within the islamic faith i would advise them not only to marry within the faith but also to select uh, partners who are compatible with them with themselves uh, and also partners who will help them to raise their children uh, along Muslim lines. And of course, that would mean that you want to select somebody who is already uh, infused with the religion or somebody who will learn the religion with you together. But that's your goal and objective. Look, I don't know the religion that much. You don't know it that much either. That's fine. Let's get together and learn it together and we will grow and our children will grow with us as, as well. 
but if one person is pulling in one direction, one is pulling in the other direction, then you do not have uh, the uh, basic ingredient uh, of a happy marriage. Well, you've heard from Dr. Shabir Ali, where he says that uh, he talks about the, this issue in another perspective. And also he brings out a new, uh, a new type of word that the Quran also describes that, uh, that the Christians or the Jews are referred to as the people of the book, if you didn't know. So it says that uh, a Muslim can marry, yeah, they can marry to those people of the book. However, you find that certain other interpretations will say that a Muslim cannot marry a non-Muslim uh, or a believer or a non-believer. So there are some certain conflicting uh, interpretation of also the Quran from different uh, teachers of Islam. However, that one, I leave it to them. Uh, also, so I, I thought, uh, let's listen to one last one last uh, person here who also has another op uh, different view from Dr. Zarik Naik and Abdul Rahman Hassan. So let's listen to what he has to say also on this. What's his position on interfaith marriages? And his name is, is uh, Imam so let's take a listen to what he has to say and this was uh, on an interview with the Al Jazeera so let's take a listen to this uh, uh, discussion or this uh, conversation now you don't share the view that Muslim women are forbidden to marry outside of their faith why is that? Because the Quran is quite explicit. There's no verse in the Quran that says Muslim women can't marry non-Muslim men. The Quran is specific that Muslims, both men and women, can't marry idolaters. And clearly Christians and Jews and others are not pagans or polytheists. So the Quran is very specific that the only category that's pro prohibited to marry are those who are idolaters and pagans. So why do it seems so few Muslims believe that? Because it's tradition, is custom. That, for example, in 7th century Arabia, the idea of a woman being independent uh, and uh, maintaining her own autonomy and identity, identity was going to be quite remote. If she did marry outside of faith, she should be absorbed into the husband's uh, family, faith, and culture. And that was the reason. But the Quran is a prophetic text. It knew a time would come when women would be independent, have their own means of uh, livelihood. And so since it allows Muslim men to marry non-Muslim women, and since I believe Islam is a gender-equal religion, the same rights must be given to Muslim women. We've been doing this now for the past 10 years. We are the only Muslim organization in the United Kingdom, some say in Europe, that allows Muslim women to have a fully-fledged Islamic wedding with their non-Muslim partners. So everybody else is just catching up with you? Absolutely. In fact, we've been doing it for, for a decade, and now, belatedly, some groups like the Muslim Council of Britain is for playing catch-up with the leader. Now, there's a certain group of Muslim women, marrying outside of their faith more often than not. Um, 
What do we know about this group? This is a big group. It's a growing group because it's a social time bomb. Because uh, there are not enough eligible, eligible Muslim men to go around. 25% of them are in jail. 25% of them are uh, near duels. 25% are players. And only 25% left. So clearly for the average Muslim woman who is bright, educated, talented, got a job, she's not going to marry down the scale. She's looking for someone equal, equal to her. So where do they meet these partners? They meet them at work. They meet them at university other common places. So if Muslim men are not eligible, then clearly women, if they wish to have a family, wish to have a partnership with a man, then they would have to look outside of the faith. I mean, probably a lot of people listening to you would think that it all just sounds like good old-fashioned common sense. Do you think that the Muslim faith will have to continue to adapt as we see more of this, perhaps? Yes, because it's, it's inevitable. The Muslim diaspora, the women in, in, in the diaspora now, are, are not content to have arranged marriages. Most of them want to have a love marriage, like all of us do. And so... They are going to meet their partners at these common places I've been talk talking about. So I think it's invidious for a Muslim women to choose between the faith she loves and the man she loves. Muslim men are not required to make that choice. They could have their faith and have the woman they love. But somehow Muslim women must give up one or the other. We provide them a safe way, safeguarding their faith, because we say that Muslim women can marry outside of the faith, but they would have to sign up with a contract where the husband agrees that she will remain Muslim, that she would have a Muslim burial, she would have a Muslim funeral ceremony, that there will be a halal household, and most importantly, the children will be raised up as Muslims but with uh, respect and familiarity with the father's faith. So all of those are in, 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 in encapsulated in a signed marriage contract that protects the women's rights. And so in that case, there's no uh, problem for the, for the Muslim woman marrying the man she loves. Well, we've heard from Imam Taj Hargay, and that was also his different opinion or his perspective on interfaith marriages. And also, I'd like to link this to the case of the, the community or the tribal intermarriages, where you find that I'm a lawyer, and you find that, let's say, for example, a lawyer is prohibited from marrying uh, a Kalenjin. This is just an example. So uh, you find that there could be also some problems, because uh, in the past... In order to solve a conflict, you found that uh, one community would allow for intermarriages between the two communities so that the war or the conflict that was between the two communities would cease. And this is evident in Luyaland and the Luyas bet between the Luyas and the Luos, where you happen to find that the intermarriage between the two communities has gone too deep where you find that now the lawyers and the laws are calling each other uh, in laws. At some time you find that it's hard to find a lawyer fighting with the law because it's considered that you are fighting a, a son or a daughter from your uncle and this is not good. So uh, the intermarriage between the two communities uh, allowed for peaceful coexistence between the two communities. Now, you find that the case in religion also, I don't know why certain religions have become too stringent. However, I see that as time goes, uh, 
the religions have, be, have begun to become lenient because also the coming generation happen to be influenced by other environmental factors. You find that if you cannot find uh, a certain person whom you resonate with, that you can marry from that specific religion, and you can find the person that you like or love in another religion, you find that the modern generation is embracing this type of uh, existence where they, you find that uh, a certain uh, spouse, they exist where a woman is from a certain religion and another from, and the husband from another religion. So this issue, I think, is a complex one, which by time also we are going to see some uh, drastic changes. Uh, even recently in 2017, you find that in Tunisia, which exists uh, at the north of, northern of Africa, or at the north of Africa, and being a predominantly Muslim country, you find that in 2017, it became the first country in North Africa to allow Muslim women to get married to non-Muslim men. And this decision, the decision was made by the Tunisian Personal Status Code, which is the country's civil code governing marriage, divorce, and child custody. The decision was made with mixed reactions, with some people supporting it, and others also opposing it, where everything also has a good, imp a good impression to others, while to others they may find it uh, a boring to them. And those who supported this decision argue that it is a step towards gender equality and religious freedom, while those who opposed the decision argued that it, it is against the teachings of Islam. Also, I'll take a look uh, on the Christian perspective where it does not only lie among the Muslim where Muslim uh, tries to be stringent on this issue that the Muslim, a Muslim cannot get married to a non-Muslim. However, as you've heard from several Muslim scholars, uh, Zarik Naik, uh, Abdul Rahman Hassan, and Imam Taj uh, Hargay, and the rest, you find that those uh, opposing or against this uh, interfaith marriage, uh, like Dr. Zarik, they say that the Quran does not uh, allow for, and he quotes that the Quran does not allow a Muslim to marry an unbeliever. However, as you've heard from uh, Dr. Or Imam uh, Taj Hargay, he quotes also the same Quran where it says that uh, the Quran quotes uh, the Christians and the Jews as the people of the book. And as we know, the people of the book also, these are not mono, monotheists. These are not polytheists. They are monotheists. They believe in one God. So 
the question about a Muslim marrying to the people of the book, I think the Muslim scholars should also look at it. Because if your book, the Holy Quran, as you say, uh, quotes Christian and Jews as the people of the book, and we know that these people of the book, they believe in one God. They are not pagans. They are not idolaters. They don't worship in statues or these idols. They believe in uh, one God. I myself am a Christian, and I believe in one God who created heaven and earth. I am not a Muslim, so the issue about saying that uh, only Muslim worship one God, I don't think that is a valid reason to uh, reject a Muslim, to have an interfaith marriage with a non-Muslim. And if this non-Muslim is a believer of one God, why are you still rejecting or opposing the intermarriage between these two individuals. That's my take. I don't know about you. If you are a Muslim, you can also make your comment on this uh, issue. Also, if you are a non-Muslim, you can take part in this discussion. And if you feel that I should... Uh, I shall take a look into what uh, the Christian perspective is regarding marriage between interfaith or uh, marriage between a Christian and a non-Christian. You can also leave your comment in the comment section so that I can consider doing that episode and together we can learn also. We can learn about this. I also urge uh, these Muslim uh, sheikhs or imams who happen to uh, be so stringent on the issue of interfaith marriages, they should know that they too have friends who are non-Muslims. Do they associate with their friends or they keep off from their friends? And especially those friends of theirs who happen to be who happen to belong to the people of the book, do they associate with them or they don't? I would like also uh, to thank you, my listeners, for staying uh, staying put and listening to today's discussion. I hope it it has been as informative as you've uh, wanted it to be. And if it did not uh, meet your expectations, I'm sorry. I'll improve on the next one. And also you can participate by sharing what you found not good about this episode. And yeah, we can uh, grow together. Also, I would like to leave you with a message that we need to live as a family. We are all, as we believe that we all came from Adam and Eve, why are we then separating each other? And I, I think also I'll do another episode where uh, I talk about the interfaith marriages of Christians and non-Christians and what the, the Bible talks about 
this type of intermarriages. I am sure that you will uh, engage with that type of uh, discussion because I feel like I should do that also so that it doesn't look like I did only for the Muslims. I was targeting Muslims. No, I want us to be inclusive and to learn from each other. And that's it from me. I hope uh, you are satisfied with today's episode and feel free to engage. Yeah, that's it from me. It's Ambundo Kennedy signing off. Bye-bye. Until next time. You've been listening to Insight with Ambundo Kennedy. If you want to participate in this discussion, you can send your voice message or comment below. Thank you for listening and you can find us on Spotify and your favorite other podcasting platforms like Google Podcast, Listen Notes, Amazon Music and the rest. Thank you for listening.